1: Hello, No Bad Dog Army. Hope you guys are well. It is a beautiful, sunny day here in New York. I say beautiful. It's uh, sunny. It's cold, though. Today, we're going to be talking about something I get asked a lot, and actually, last night uh, in the Members Club, I do a live every Tuesday in the Members Club, answering questions and conversating about all sorts of dog stuff, but one of the questions from the members last night was, what's my advice for people wanting to get into the industry and what certifications that they should go out and get and so on and so forth. And I've talked about this. I think my second podcast, or my first podcast is um, about this, how I got started. So I would go back to that. And then at the end of the podcast, of course, I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. If you want me to answer your dog training questions, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave a review, and I will answer your questions. So the answer to what certifications you should get and how you should get into dog training is multi-layered. So as you guys know, I, or maybe you don't, I don't have a certification in dog training, nor do a lot of people that you guys probably follow and listen to and watch and uh, get advice from. There's a lot of people who don't. And the reason it's important, but it's not at the same time. Michael Ellis and I talked about this on our podcast that we did together a couple of years ago. And, uh, you can go back and find that too. It's a good one touched base on like his perspective and kind of aligning with mine as well. And, uh, it, 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 what I suggest for people is the dog training world is so big and there's so many different types of dog training. That's something that you have to first understand is, Unfortunately, and I think that that's the battle that we get into in general with, I think the dog industry is people treat every dog training system the same, which is crazy because every person trains differently because their specialty may be different than others. So I talk about this a lot, but excuse me, it's the truth. If you have a dog trainer like myself, like I specialize in, behavior modification, aggression, relationship building, problem solving. I do not specialize in obedience. Um, people don't come to me for obedience. It's something that doesn't like wake me up out of bed and say like, I can't wait to go teach dogs new stuff. But I think that also is taken sometimes that obedience isn't important. And I would never say that. And obedience is just as important. I just think that there's – few people out there in the world that do behavior modification and actually want to step in the ring with a dog that is aggressive or trying to bite their face off. So just understand that in the beginning is there's so many different levels. I shouldn't say levels because that that doesn't none of them are above each other levels. I shouldn't say that I should say there's so many different categories and different styles of training. So that's the first thing is you should figure out what type of training you want to do. I mean, just to ring off some behavior modification, obedience, rally, obedience, agility, service dog training, working dog training, military and police training, personal protection training, uh, advanced obedience training, um, scent detection, search and rescue, so on and so forth. There's so many. And that's just me just like rattling things off the top of my head. There's a lot more. And all of them are different in their own way requires a certain amount of training and understanding it requires a specific dog in some cases it requires a specific handler in some cases think about if i were a military slash police dog trainer i'm not going to be working my clients are going to be handlers they're not going to be dog owners right so the dog in front of me is going to be accompanied by a handler now, one thing a lot of people don't understand, some of these handlers have never owned a dog, let alone trained a dog and worked with a dog and basically had a loaded gun at their hip or a bombed, sniffing, life-saving dog at their leash, right? So that's something I think a lot of people have no idea is they... I got this message the other day too where somebody was saying that they had really bad experiences working with a police dog trainer and they were surprised, Uh, I have a lot of friends, close friends that are police dog trainers. So there's, I don't have any say in anything other than understanding that just because you're a police dog trainer, that doesn't mean anything. That's just another dog trainer out there that specializes in maybe that type of work. So I think some people just put police dog training above in a certain category for some reason. And you got to understand that they may be great trainers, but they also may not have the skill sets to teach you the things that you need for your puppy to stay for longer periods of time, you know? So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of throwing some, some context out there. And if you guys might be able to hear this, uh, street sweeper, cause it's kind of becoming spring here in the background. I apologize. It might be a little hum for you guys, but that's what that is. It'll go away in a second. Um. Anyway, so that's like the first thing I, I think people should really understand is the significant differences between the styles of training and the types and techniques and the different pieces of training. I think if more people – I think if the general public understood that there's so many different types of training and to apply a methodology or an ideology over – a whole dog train every over every dog I think if people really sat down and understood that I don't think we would be in a lot of the conversations and things that we're in to be honest because I find and this is kind of going back to finding your dog training path I find that I've seen people <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> I've seen people get into the dog training industry, and they dive this. And this is like a perfect example. They dive head in first, and they're like, "I'm going to be a dog trainer. I love dogs. It's what I want to do. That's it. I'm done with this job. I'm done being retired. I'm done staying at home. I just I want to work with dogs. I want to help dogs. It's what I love to do. Great, cool. But what happens is is they dive into the type of dogs that they're like, well. I want to teach dogs new behavior. So I think a lot of people, the majority of people out there think of dog training as obedience. I want to teach a dog how to walk nicely on a leash. I want to teach a dog how to down and sit and stay, right? Very basic behavioral stuff in the foundation imprinting stuff. So you think puppies, you think wagging their tail, kind of like energetic, but not really knowing behavior dogs. And these people who are getting into the industry are like, okay, yeah, this is dog training. This is what it is. I want to teach a dog how to stop jumping. I want to teach a puppy to stop biting. I want to teach a dog to stay on a placemat while their owners go to the bathroom and come back. Like that's their dog training, right? So they're reading books. They're taking courses. They're going online. They're discovering how to do positive reinforcement training, They're discovering how to encourage behaviors. They're discovering how to capture behaviors. All really important stuff. Fundamentally important stuff when you're working with dogs, regardless of what avenue you go down. Very important. But I find they get so consumed with what they think dog training is as a whole. And the reality is, is that's just one very, 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 very small sliver of what dog training is. And this is something that I've seen specifically on the internet, right, where you get somebody who does this, <clears throat> again, like, middle-aged individual, young individual, older individual, whatever, they dive in, they they read all their books, it aligns, yeah, yeah, I, I love dogs, I, I want to teach them all this stuff, and cookies, and treats, and wow, this is going to be free- freaking great, this is going to be fun, and they dive in headfirst, right, <clears throat> and then what ends up happening is, and this happens to me and a bunch of other people all the time, is, I'm working with a 150-pound Rottweiler with a bite history that's whale eye, in, whale eyeing me, looking like I'm a snack, <laughs> and they see a prong collar, or they see a dominant dog collar, or they see a slip collar, and immediately the keyboard, you, 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 I can't, you, you should never have to, and I'm like, but that's where I think a lot of the angst comes from. I think that's where a lot of the ignorance comes from to be complete. I'm just like throwing this out there just as like a dog training path. And then we're going to get into them a little bit more granular. but that's the beauty of the podcast. And that's kind of the beauty of me just on the mic today and not having a guest <clears throat> or a client is that's what I see often happening. So understanding that there's so many different types of dog training and what ends up happening is, is I find that people get, so, again, so consumed with how much research and stuff that they've done on how to reward a dog for doing a behavior because that's the type of style training they want to do. They have, they have literally no idea that there's other dogs out there that are not going to fit into that category, are not going to listen to that leash pressure, are not going to care about the food, are not going to care about ignoring the dog and turning your back and whatever. They're not going to care about that. And so they, they find themselves down this one dimensional lane. And that's where I think a lot of dog trainers unfortunately fall short, right? So I have all my basics as a, as a, as a trainer, educator, teacher, professional, I have all my basics on capturing behaviors, rewarding behaviors, teaching, yielding to leash pressure, all the basic stuff. But again, that's not my specialty. That's not my passion. That's something that I think you can find anywhere at any given point at any given city you can find a pet smart or a petco that can help you do those things 100% that's that's what they teach but what but again to reiterate again what ends up happening is that one dog that's kind of out of that that doesn't respond to that that's where things fall short is that trainer's now in their head going This isn't supposed to happen. This puppy's supposed to follow me around and wag their tail and be cute. And I I raise my arm up in the air and I say sit and they sit and we're all good and everything looks great. And then it doesn't happen, right? Or a dog snaps and tries to bite you or they growl or they simply just don't care about the harness pressure or the, the flat collar pressure or whatever. And that's what ends up happening. That's why you see a lot of training start to go down this avenue of avoidance because it doesn't fall under their curriculum of what they learned. So it immediately turns into, this is all I know. This is the only thing you can do. And I haven't learned anything else. And if something else is different from what I've learned, it becomes this, it can't be, it can't be that, right? So, and it also happens with balanced dog trainers as well. People who are only put equipment on dogs and that's how it is. Now we put, you know, as trainers at my facility, we put a lot of equipment on dogs because we have a very short window to tune a dog up and that's the safest option for them. So they don't choke themselves out and cause damage. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that behind the camp, like when I put out content, I saw this one comment on actually a friend's post and they posted my remote collar and they said, I want to like Tom Davis so bad, but I can't because he puts a prong on every dog. I didn't respond, but in my head, I'm like, I understand why people may think that, but that's insane. And it's not true. I'm just working with a select group of dogs in particular that come in with behavioral cases. Like they come in with behavioral problems. They have a bite history. They do want to bite me. People are only seeing the problematic dogs that come in. So either, either they already have equipment on, honestly like 50% of the time the dog owners come in with equipment, so that's just what I use sometimes, or yeah, it's a problematic dangerous dog and they're going to get equipment so nobody gets bit so I can do my job. And then as we progress, the equipment either goes away or it's not used that often because there's a big difference between equipment being on and being used be the same thing as putting your seatbelt on and being used, right? If you're going out and you're driving and you're constantly using your seatbelt, you probably shouldn't be on the road. Same thing with equipment. If you're going out and you're constantly using your prong, your e-collar or your slip leash, your dog probably doesn't know what they need to know to go outside. So I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. And, um, unfortunately there's some people who just look at a one YouTube video or two YouTube videos or something that their friend shared on Facebook and they have a, They have a, that's just it. That's what they they don't know everything else about what goes on and all the work that we do outside of those aggressive dogs, right? There's a lot of fundamental Bentley, but I don't put out puppy stuff and basic obedience stuff simply because I don't put out a lot of it is because it's not what I love to do. I love helping dog owners with huge problems. Typically, if somebody comes in with a problem that is associated with, strictly obedience they have the cutest puppy friendliest dog in the whole world there's no behavioral problems they just can't teach their dog how to walk on a leash obviously that's something that we've done obviously that's something that we can do but i'm not going to be particularly working with that dog and if i do we're not going to be filming that session simply because it, it you know it's just not it's just not it for me so <clears throat> by by saying that i've also seen the scene of a, a trend which i i think is an unfortunate trend of and and for dog trainers who are listening to this, this don't don't take this offensively because this is probably you. But I I think that there's a trend of like this, like right in your Instagram profile or your TikTok or whatever. It comes down to like your immediate telling people balanced dog trainer or R plus dog trainer, and you're immediately telling people like on your sleeve before they get into your content. This is my ideology. This is my style. This is how I train, which I don't, I'm not one to say like, don't do that. But I'm just saying, I'm seeing this trend where I'm like, Hey, aren't you just here to help dogs? Like your first, like if you meet somebody and you're like, Hey, I make $500,000 a year or Hey, I'm, I'm this. Like, I don't think that that's a good way to be really putting yourself out there because you're automatically just telling people like, it's like, Oh, a better example of big, like, Oh, I'm a Democrat. Hi, I'm Tom. Oh, I'm a Republican. Hi, I'm Tom. You're immediately telling people like, Hey, these are my beliefs. This is my ideology. And, and, and I'm letting you know, because I don't want there to be a problem. It's kind of, it, it it's, it's, it's a conflicty type of thing. In my opinion, I'm seeing this. So that's something I've been seeing. I don't really have like an opinion on it. The only thing I just want to say on it is I'm starting to see this more often than not, that if somebody and I, and I see it because people will like say, I'll just kind of click on people's profiles throughout my months of going on Instagram and I try not to, but it's immediate like, hey, this is who I am, you know, and, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I'm just saying it's, it's a weird – it's something that's becoming new. It's almost like it's a team and I don't I, – I think that's a problem because if you're automatically telling people this is my ideology, I'm not open to anything else, then you're going to get a certain people following you, which is fine. But at the same time, you're basically saying like, hey, here's my here's my box. If your ideas or the problems or you have something outside of this box, we're, we're not going to agree and we're not going to hang out about it. You know what I mean? So I, I just have been noticing that. And I'm just saying this on the podcast just to note publicly that I may have an opinion, a bigger opinion on it later. Not that it matters. I'm just saying I'm starting to see this. If you, if you go to any dog training thing, you'll click on it and they'll immediately tell you, this is who I am. So if you don't agree with it, you don't like it, go home. And I just don't, I think that that kind of defeats the purpose of, and this is, this is going back to my title of helping dog trainers find their way is I don't recommend that because you're immediately just putting yourself in a box and limiting yourself to your audience. You're limiting yourself to you. Like you that's why I don't, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just an educator. I'm just, I'm just a teacher. I just help dogs. Sometimes I'll use this. Sometimes I'll use this, but I find a solution. Some dogs may need this. Some dogs may need that. Some dog owners may need this. And I just find that so many people out there are beating their chest of like, I am this hear me roar. I'm like, you are, you, it's selfish because you're just doing it for yourself. The dog owner that comes there that has no idea about our plus and, and positive reinforcement only and balanced dog training and what they don't know. They don't, first of all, they don't care. They don't know. And I'm saying that because I've gone out and I've done free dog training signs to so many people in different cities. So far, we've been doing it for the last couple of weeks. Nobody cares. (laughs) They're not going to say, how are you going to do it? They're just like, Oh my gosh, you can help me please. Nobody cares. They don't care. So it almost becomes, you're just puffing your chest to, other either competitors or other people in the industry to say like, Hey, this is how I do things. So there it's, it's, it's kind of like confrontational, like, Hey, this is how I do it. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not telling anybody to go and delete their, their Instagram profile, but I've just noticed that that's starting to become a thing and it's interesting. And that's why I'm podcasting right now by myself is I'm just kind of wearing things on my sleeve here for you guys. I'm noticing that. And that is interesting to me. And I don't think it's a great idea for the industry because it creates tension immediately. Hi, I'm Tom Davis and I'm a Republican. Hi, I'm Tom Davis and I X, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like it, or Democrat, whatever. It just becomes this like tension based thing. And you're limiting yourself to your audience and you're limiting yourself just in general to say like, Hey, I'm one dimensional, whether you're all this or you're all that I'm one dimensional. That's it. I'm, I'm a limited person. Because of this, where I just think you can lean towards something and say, hey, this is, this is, so my point is, is if I'm working with aggressive dogs who are very powerful, very big, very strong, potentially very dangerous, and their life depends on my training, I'm not going to tell anybody how I'm going to do it before I actually start, because I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to say, oh yeah, I'm a positive only trainer for this session, because that's impossible to say like, okay, this is the only, I mean, this is the only way I'm going to do it. Right. And then you have to transfer it to the owner and then they have to become a professional dog trainer. So I just wanted to say that, that there's so many different types of dog training. <clears throat> there's so many different types of the way that we can do things. And I think the, the number one thing that you should do as an up and coming new beginner, or maybe you're lost and you've been doing it for 30 years, dog trainer is really find what you like doing. And I think the first conversation that should be had is there's so many different ways to train and styles to train and so on and so forth. And I think some people, again, I think that's one big thing with the industry is people are diving headfirst into dog training and wanting to get the business cards and wanting to get the website and wanting to get things started up so bad that, they dive in so deep to one thing and they are so ignorant about everything else in the world because it becomes an ego thing. I'm this, I took this course. I took, I did 30 hours, 60 hours, 90 hours here. I, I'm this, I'm that. This is the way I do things. Everyone else is wrong. And that's a problem because you're very, that's why it's a limited, you're either a limited dog trainer or you're an unlimited dog trainer. You either have one way of doing things or you're open. You either have... two things in your toolbox or you have an unlimited things that you can grab in your toolbox. Right. And that's how it works. So with that being said, I think that's the important thing in the beginning is just find what you want to do. If you're like, Hey, I want to work with puppies and dogs who don't want to bite me and capture behaviors. That's great. I, I think that the majority of people in the industry are doing that. And all you have to do is find a, find a training style that matches that Find a trainer that you can shadow that also matches that and start digging into that. Find other trainers that are doing that. Watch their videos, read their books, um, listen to their podcast, uh, reach out to them to see if they have a shadow program. Like those are the things you should be doing. A lot of people, I think that that's where people get lost and that's where fights happen and that's where we lose the picture of the big thing. Some people would die on their cross of I am right and you are wrong and the dog will die 10 years before that because they want to prove a point. And I've just been seeing that so much and I think that that's sad. And that's why the other day, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I posted this thing on Instagram, this story I pulled over because I get so annoyed and frustrated when people send me a video of another dog trainer doing something. What do you think of this? I don't care. Why would I care? Like I I have more, I have enough work for the rest of my life and I'm not, and and the reason why I'm talking about this is I got probably the most messages I've ever gotten in my Instagram career on that post. It resonated with so many people. And if you didn't watch it, it, it was essentially me saying that. I'm like, you guys, There's so many people out there trying to or doing whatever they want to do. And I understand when I'm in front of a camera and I say, this is the way to do things. I'm talking to my audience. I'm talking to the people who say like, hey, I've seen this guy 300 times on video document over the last five years, do exactly the things that he said he's going to do. Right. And that's how it works. That's how it's done. I believe what this guy is saying. It works for me this makes sense to me. I believe, you know, whatever. So when I say like, when you guys are teaching your dog how to stay, this is, I'm talking to my audience. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. And for new dog owners, new dog trainers, I should say, you guys also need to understand that that's how I, anyway, that's how I come across. And you got to understand that that's how I think a lot of other dog trainers come across, especially if they're making content, right? Like when they say, when they post a video to say like the number one thing dog owners make mistakes on, they're talking about their experiences with their style that lines up with them. So, so I'm just kind of clearing the air a little bit. I hope for new dog trainers, because I think it's confusing. I think people are like, Oh, I I'm, I'm down this rabbit hole. I think what you should do is pull a little bit from everybody and say, I like this. I don't really like this. I like this. And, and just respect everybody's kind of job and their work. I think too many people make the whole dog training industry out of of one umbrella. I had one, one of my trainers told me that there was a, a dog professional. I don't know what they are, if they're a trainer or whatever, said that they have to gatekeep, they have to gatekeep. What was it? They have to gatekeep the dog training industry because people need to know the truth or something along those lines. And I was like blown out of my world. The audacity of anybody, no matter what gender, how long they've been in the industry, to say, I am the gatekeeper of dog training and I need to tell everybody what's right and wrong is insane. That is the most egotistical, insecure thing I think anybody – and of course, you could say to me like, well, Tom, you – you know, you're talking about it. So no, I'm just talking about it because these are the, these, this is, this podcast is for you dog trainers. And this podcast and the content that I put out is things that I've heard, seen, felt over the years. And that's kind of like the content I put out is you guys are getting my experiences over the years. So you don't make the mistakes or you can get things expedited. You don't have to, you don't have to learn the hard way. I'm telling you, like, there's people out there that will say exactly that. I, this is the only way to do it, and, and I've talked about this before, and I'm, just get, I'm giving the young dog trainers out there, you really got to be careful about those types of individuals. And I'm not even just talking about in the dog training industry. Let's talk about grilling or motorcycles or working on cars. Some people might say, like, the way that I kind of approach it, say, hey, this is what's worked for me. Try it like this. I don't say this is the only way to do it, and if you try it some other way or if somebody else tries it a different way or doesn't agree, they're wrong. That's a wrong mentality to have as a new dog, I think just in general, but I've seen that time and time again. And that's what that Instagram post or story was about As somebody said, I don't even know the person. I don't click on anything. Like, that's the thing is I don't focus on other dog trainers. And that's also what I was saying in the videos. I don't, I follow like four dog trainers on Instagram and that's, they're just friends. I don't even, you know, like it, that's it. You know, we just become friends. I watch some of their stuff to learn that I can learn from. It's the style of learning that I like. And I, I don't watch other people's stuff because I'm I'm just so focused on learning some of the things that I feel like I need to learn to, to better. And I've picked and choose the people that are in my circle that I can learn from as teachers and mentors. And I think that that's important as well as just understand that when somebody puts out, a, this is for you, dog trainers, when somebody puts out a piece of content and they're like, this is, you know, just understand that hopefully the narrative and the content is like this is the way that I've done this is a way that's been worked and successful in the past. And I think that's where people kind of get misled and misguided is there are some people out there and I think there are some people out there that are the opposite where they they just have to claim that they're the best and they've been doing it the longest and everyone else is wrong and I had I, I there was another I'm just giving you guys examples and this is kind of the only platform that I can do this on. So hope you like it, but I'm not going to talk about this on videos and stuff. But there was this also this one time where I was on the Today show. And we did something. And I posted this thing. And this lady said, she's like, Oh, I'm so happy to see this. I'm so I'm so like, proud of, you know, how far you've come. And and it was like, the video was essentially me going from living in a tent to being on today's show, which is cool. I'm a I'm a small town kid that nobody believed in and people made fun of me for starting a dog business when I was 19 instead of going to college and I literally lived in a tent that was it like I legitimately lived in my buddy's backyard because I wouldn't give up on my dreams and then I was on the today show and then good moon in America and all these other cool things right I was it was I was proud of that and it was like so she said in the comment she was like I'm so proud of your success and whatever and your 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 people who've been following me kind of know my build um And she said that she mentioned me to her trainer and her trainer said, oh, that guy, he's not on my level. So, you know, we don't need to talk about him or something like that. And it was just like crazy. And I, and I, and I'm saying this because I'll never mention anybody because I don't, I don't know. I don't know who these people are. I don't care. So that was just a post that resonated with a lot of people. And as a content creator, my goal is to take any of that information that people are like hitting home with and kind of recycle it and say, okay, you guys really like that. And that was, that was something that you guys really liked. And I was just being honest. Like, I don't care. So many people messaged me and they were like, man, it was so cool to hear. And I just, I really don't like, I don't care. Like if somebody else does something like, don't show, why would you show? I don't care. Like, let them do them. If you, if you guys like that, go and watch that. That's great. You know, as a dog trainer, you just have to understand when you're coming up, there's going to be so many Egos out there, and I've talked about this very publicly on my podcast. Is it's really easy to get a big ego really quick in the dog world, because people are coming to you in tears, please help me, and you're good with dogs, and you help them, and they they're, they're patting you on the back and making you feel real great. So it's really easy to think you're the best or you're 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 the you know, and then and then when you see somebody else doing something, you're immediately that's an ego, that's a problem, that's an insecurity. And I've talked about this openly on my podcast that it's really easy to get that ego and I constantly have to keep that in check because I'm doing things at a scale that I get these messages on every platform, the podcast, the TikTok, two Instagram accounts, two YouTube channels uh, in person and so on and so forth, right? I mean, it's, I get letters in the mail and gifts in the mail. I mean, it's, it's incredible the feedback that I get and I constantly have to ground myself and humble myself to remind myself I'm not the best. I don't know it all. I have to continue to grow and get better and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and just be the best dog person i can be for my clients and my audience. And i think there's some people who take that directly to heart and they don't understand that it's not you know there's an ego involved. And i and i actually have done a lot of research on what an ego is. And if you haven't yet, i would suggest it because it's very interesting. It's very natural it's very real. It can ruin relationships, marriages, businesses, everything. Because when people see, and basically when somebody sees somebody else do something that they want or they're working on before them or better or bigger or whatever, the ego will step up and say, well, they're trash. And it really is just a jealousy thing. And I've done a lot of behavioral analysis, you know, we're reading books and YouTube videos on behavior just with dogs and people. And, you know, we've come across this ego thing a lot, especially in the dog world. It becomes a thing. If somebody, if you haven't met somebody before, unless it's like those crazy viral abusive cases where people are literally abusing animals, which are shitty people. If somebody tears somebody down because they saw a video, chances are that person's jealous of that person. And they want to try to rip that person down as hard as they possibly can before anybody else gets on their wagon because they want to be there. And I've noticed that. And that's just not about me or anybody else. That's just in, in nature. So this is going back to dog trainers is when you start, if you're in five years and you're doing great, remind yourself that there's somebody out there that's been doing it 30 years and better and understand that if you get in get into the industry for the right reasons, don't get into the industry to be the biggest and the best and the most popular, and things like that. Get in the industry to, that's how I've grounded my success. People ask me, I did an interview the other day with a group of um, balanced dog trainers. And it was a Facebook group. And they said, you know, what do you, how do you gauge your success? And I just was telling people that I gauge my success on, frankly, the idea that I'm still out here doing what I set out to do. Just on a bigger scale, which is amazing. So make sure that you guys understand your goals and why you set off to do this. And if you feel like working really hard for five years and you feel like in five years you're not really gonna care about helping dog owners, then maybe it's not the right thing for you to do full time. Maybe you should just do it part time because you might get burnt out really quick. So, with that being said, it's just find your niche, find what you wanna do, find those people watch them. If you want to become more balanced in the way that you learn, sh- watch other people too. And that's what I've done. Like in the beginning, when I was, when I was first starting off, there wasn't this whole thing. There wasn't TikTok. There wasn't anybody really on YouTube. There wasn't any, there was nothing. It was just Learberg videos. And that was pretty much it. So I grew up on watching Michael Ellis and Forrest Mickey and other, you know, that was pretty much it in the beginning. Um, and I had to learn that way. And then as I grew, I was like, oh, kind of, and then I just, I really, I really honed in on what I love to do. I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really huge on the uh, fancy obedience. I'm not really huge on capturing behaviors. I'm really big on behavior modification and behavior in general, why things happen. So I think as a whole, like I said before there, that's a huge problem is hatred and, and, and miseducation and ignorance. And that's exactly like, um what's going to happen and the other thing that we talked about on this <clears throat> this live or this uh, Facebook group was just dealing with hate. So know that if you're a dog trainer and you're getting into the field, like really take your time. Take your time. Start developing your skill sets and start offering don't be afraid to start offering your skill sets because if you have a gift working with animals, you'll know it. And you're going to be better than the average person. So you're going to be better than your your dog owning clients. That's how I started. I just started with basic stuff and figured it out and started educating. So take your time, go slow, find your niche, find something that you really love to do, obsess over it as much as you can and go and shadow that person. That's like my, I think so many people in certifications in general talk about that. The certifications, it's great to have a certification, but understand that it's not necessary and it may be a waste of your time and money. Because there, it just depends on how you learn, too. Like, I am not a big book person. Like, I don't do well with reading a book and retaining information. Like, I have ADD where I was in special ed in high school. I, I couldn't, like, I had to go outside of the room and take a test with other kids individually because I couldn't focus. I don't do well with literature and reading and sitting in front of somebody. I need hands-on. I need you to show me how you're doing the things that you do. And that's what I did is I watched as much as I could. I bought DVDs. I bought this. I I tried to read, but I'm like, gosh, what did I just read? I can't remember. And I'm just that type of person. I'm being just being transparent with you guys. It would make no sense to me lie to you to say, hey, this is how I this is how I started, because that's not going to help you. So what I did is I figured out, oh man, behavioral stuff, that's really cool. And you know, and, and then I started finding people that were doing it, working with aggressive dogs, working with rescues, working with behavioral cases, and then I started watching them and shadowing them, and that's how I got to do what I do. So certifications are great. Like I said, if you're the type of person who needs to sit down and read for 30 hours or 60 hour, whatever the requirements are, do it, it's it's going to be great for you. And then go out and find somebody to shadow. But just know that if you get your certification online, you still need to go and shadow somebody and get hands boots on the ground. 100%. You really need to to get your boots on the ground and make sure that you're finding, finding some sort of actual handling, because you're going to get yourself into trouble if you don't. Because what if you get a dog, again, this kind of goes back to technique, you dive into, let's say, a a certain style of training, the dog does something that you're uncomfortable with that you've never seen before. And your advice to the owners is avoid the situation or don't bring your dog out because you don't know what else to do. That becomes a problem. If you don't know what to do, and you don't know the answer to your dog's owner, your questions, you need to find somebody to refer that dog owner to. Because I've seen that happen over and over and over and over again, where somebody will be, there's there's places locally that will do it. Like they will work with a dog that's out of their comfort zone, that may be out of their expertise, because they're good at capturing behaviors and using positive reinforcement to teach dogs behaviors. But when they get an aggressive dog that listens to the obedience, but also wants to take a chunk out of their leg, they fall short they don't know how to handle it they don't know how to stop it they don't know how to discourage it it's basic math it's science it's four quadrants it's ex- it's exactly it's everything right but it happens all the time and you have to just understand that when you're getting into the industry you need to have somebody to refer like before i hired staff i had trainers that i would send my clients to if i didn't know the an- if i it wasn't the answers it was just like if i didn't do it right so if if it was like oh i really want to do rally agility i'm not your guy Oh, I really want to do CGC. I'm not your guy. Oh, I really want to do therapy. I am not your guy. This person is, this person is, and this person is, right? So, but now I have a full staff of 15 plus people and they pretty much can cover everything. So that's how my business runs. But just keep that in mind too, that once you start offering clients, money, like once you start taking money from your clients, you need to have a backup plan to say, Hey, if this is out of my comfort zone, please be humble enough and understand no matter how many books you've read and how many courses you've taken and how many online things you've done and how many times you've shadowed these type of people there's going to be dogs that are going to make you uncomfortable that you probably shouldn't be touching and you should have a backup plan because you got to and and I am so focused on the dog some other people are focused on their reputation and their ego and they will say I'm not going to refer so and so because Then what does that tell about me? It tells you. It tells you that you're just like if if I had an Italian restaurant, and I had a group of ten people come in, and say, "Hey, I want you to make us all Mexican food," I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to do that. I'm gonna say, "Hey, why don't you go to the Mexican joint down the road?" This isn't you know we do Italian. I can hook you up with some chicken Alfredo, but I can't make you the burritos, right? And and I think that I think that it's not talked about enough to like tell people this is not for me. So get used to that and know that that's normal. I find this again, this complex or this ego thing that when people come in and they like, Hey, I have this dog and you're like, Oh shit, I've I've never done this. I'm uncomfortable. Like you can try it if it's not going to be dangerous, but if you're uncomfortable doing it, please have somebody else that you can refer this dog to don't mess it up because that's what happens or it gets euthanized. I see that every single day locally and on an international macro is dogs go into training camps because go back to our beginning of our conversation. When I talked about dog owners or dog trainers, not understanding there's a huge thing. Dog owners are are the same way, except worse. They have no, they think dog training is dog training. Like food is food. No, it's not. Burger King, Michelin star restaurant, Popeye's, Taco Bell, or a mom and pop farm, the table, they're all different, all different qualities, all different focuses, all different specialties, right? It's not the same. And dog owners don't know that they think that, Hey, I have a dog. There's a dog training facility on the road. Cause I've seen the sign. I go in your dog trainers help me. And when the dog owners or the dog trainers only focus on one thing, where maybe they only work on capturing behaviors. They're positive-only. Positive-only training, by definition, is to encourage and to teach dogs new behaviors. So positive-only trainers cannot discourage a behavior by definition and science. It cannot happen. It's impossible, right? And it's also very hard to do positive-only training. There's always some negative going on. But my point is, is if you bring a dog in that needs discouragement or is doing behaviors that needs to be punished or corrected... If you go to a positive only trainer, this is just an easy example, they won't be able to help you and you'll be doing a six month, six week class without results. And the other thing is, is, Hey, listen, if you're seeing results, forget I'm talking about this, but if you're not seeing results, like the millions of people out there that fall short, then, then look somewhere else because I think a lot of dog trainers, can't like like, there's too many dogs in this world to have competition I don't have any competition I am in competition with nobody and nobody's in competition with me because there's too many dogs out there that need our help plain and simple I'm I'm so I'm as you guys can tell you can probably tell like people are so like cutthroat about for some there is no top there is no top like people are like trying to get to the top there is no top everybody's kind of working on each other's thing and collecting and, and getting their own tribe together right? So I feel like that's another really big thing that's not talked about enough in the dog world. And I'm telling you as a, if you're listening to this and you're an inspired dog trainer, young or old, new or beginning or advanced dog trainer, just know that take a deep breath and know that you will never be the best and you will never be at the top because it doesn't exist. Everybody does different things for different reasons and helps dogs out. And that's all that matters. You shouldn't be thriving to be X. You should be thriving to help a dog, right? What I thrive to do is make scalable content to help as many dog owners as I possibly can. That's been my goal. I create the number one dog training podcast in the country, and it's highly ranked in UK right now, right? That's huge for me. That's huge because all the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are listening to this now and in the future are going to benefit from it and they're going to help their dogs. Or better yet, if you're a dog trainer and you're listening to this, this is going to help thousands of dogs because all the dogs that you're going to touch over the years, same thing on YouTube. I have one of the, you know, I have a very highly viewed YouTube channel with a half a million subscribers, right? Helping a lot of do- millions of dog owners every month. Same thing with Instagram and same thing with TikTok and so on and so forth. My goal and everyone's goal shouldn't be to be X because X doesn't exist, right? It's not like we're all, we're, we're not, it's not like America sits down and everybody votes for their number one person. It doesn't exist right? Some people specialize in some things, some people, and I, and I know friends, and it's not about followers and that sort of thing. I have some friends that are, that would do circles around me that have a hundred followers because they're just not, they're not, they don't know how to do content and they don't care about it, right? That's okay. Like that needs to be talked about. That's okay. I think we just live in such a more and more, which I, I'm, I'm, I am like that. I'm. I'm obsessed with with producing content and putting it out there for people, but I'm not obsessed with being number one because number one doesn't exist. It's impossible, and you're going to go go through life very upset and discouraged and frustrated because you're trying to hit something that doesn't exist. And I'm saying this because nobody else is going. to... You're not going to go to Caesar's way. He's not going to tell you about this. You're not going to go to Victoria Stilwell. Think she's not going to tell you about this. They're going to tell you how to train a dog. They're not going to tell you about the mental health that it, that you need to be a professional dog trainer to sustainably live in this culture. Let that sink in. That's important. All right. So I hope that this helps. There's some other dog trainers out there that are great. And I, I, I swear up and down by just go out there, do your thing, find you. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Try to just find Something that that calls to you, and make content that you like, or train dogs the way that you want. You don't even have to put up. You don't even have to put a piece of content out to be a good dog trainer. Don't think that you do. There's some people like myself who just like c- producing content. Something that I've been very passionate about editing the whole thing, right? So, um, we're developing all sorts of different stuff to help dog owners and dog trainers in the future. But I just wanted to make this podcast because I get this question a lot. Certifications are great. Let me give you an example. The an- Animal Behavioral College. The ABC is, is, is we, we were partners for them for a year. I don't want to say we're not partners. I just don't take any other students anymore because I'm just too busy. The ABC, for an example, puts you through a, like a minimum, co- you have to complete a course. It's like a packet or whatever. And it may take you, depending on how much time you have throughout the day, it may take you four weeks. It may take you six weeks, eight weeks. I don't know, I don't know. But then what they do is they, you pick a trainer to go and do an externship with, right? You go and you find somebody to do an externship with and you go and you learn how to actually train a dog that's the meat and potatoes and i think at the time abc was giving me like a 100 bucks and it just i didn't ever take the money i i was i was just doing it to help and just for i'm just giving you an example like the abc is a pretty well-known company here in the states and from what i understand it's like good curriculum it's good content but you got to find a the the number one thing is going into to to find somebody that does it and the way that I look at it is is you can read a book and then go learn how to train or you can train with somebody and learn the same thing hands-on and in person that you're going to read in the book and you're going to be training at the same time and another thing that's not really discussed or talked about in the dog industry is you're going to have to pay for that like big money and I'll give I'll give you I'll give you some real shit here um, I'll be honest with you guys about, about this. Um, the reason why this sparked was from last night's conversation and it's something that we've been working on is we are developing a course for dog trainers and there's a lot of companies out there again, like the Caesar or the Victoria Stella, these really famous trainers that in the nineties, and the early two thousands got very famous because of television, because television was big back then. They have these courses that are. You go and you spend time with them or you take an online course and they're anywhere from three to five, six thousand bucks, but you're not, again, you're not really learning how to be successful in business for the most part. I've never taken the course. I don't know for sure. I just know that they teach a lot about fundamentals of handling and it's not necessarily for dog trainers. It's for dog people. What I'm doing, me and my team are developing a dog training, like course, like in depth, And again, like Michael Ellis, for an example, great guy. I think one of the best dog trainers on the planet. Look up to him a lot, especially early on in my career where I knew nowhere to go. Um, we've met uh and and had some wine, and we're gonna do that again in the future. And he's a great guy, but you know, he does an intensive, which is like six months, and I can't remember the price. But um again, like teaches you a lot about how to build your courses and be a great dog trainer and a great handler. But it it may not teach you, okay, now that I'm the best dog trainer in the world, now what? Because if you don't know how to market yourself, you don't know how to put yourself out there, you don't know how to tell a story or brand, nobody's going to pay you. You're not going to be able to pay back that money you just spent on school. So we're developing a course where it's an intensive six days, Monday through Saturday, and it's 70-30, 70% on how to develop a brand in a business. And then 30% on how to be a better dog trainer. So for an example, Monday through Thursday, or I'm sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is going to be business. It's going to be the systems that we've done, the systems that you should be doing. You're going to have meetings with my my staff, my manager, my wife, who runs everything. She's the nucleus of the whole operation how to deal with um, haters, how to deal with celebrity clients. Um, you're going to be having meetings and tutorials with my editor and my videographers about lighting, what programs you should use, what lenses you should buy, what camera equipment you should get, how should you put filters and NDs and LUTs on your everything to make it you. We're doing all of this stuff. And, of course, one-on-one time with me. And then Thursday – Friday and Saturday is going to be one-on-one time with me training as well as me working with my out-of-state clients. This course in the beginning is going to be $8,000. And after we run it twice, it's going to be 10. And that's where we're going to sit for a while. It's going to be open to, I think, four to five students. And it may sound like a lot of money to some of you. I've actually talked to people where they say that that's a lot less than they thought, but I'm letting you know that I'm going to teach you how to run a six-figure business because I've done it time and time again every year. And I've learned A lot. And I've made a lot of timely, costly, emotionally damaging mistakes. And I want to teach, teach people how to go out of the, how to make your contracts, how to do everything. And this is, this is giving away everything because I'm at a point in my career that I don't, I'm not in competition with anybody. Like I'm, I'm beating to my own drum, doing my own thing. If I go out and teach everybody else how to do what I do, they're not going to be able to do it because they're not me. So I feel very confident in myself to give everybody the information they can to be a successful dog owner, to be able to make a living working with dogs and paying your bills and sending your kids to college and buying a nice car. The dog training industry is a billion, billion, billion dollar industry, and I don't think people really know how to do it. I think a lot of training cycles and teams and schools out there are teaching, developing great dog handlers, but nobody's really focusing on the business aspect. So we're doing that. Um, Make sure you follow me on Instagram because that's where I'm going to launch the program. It's going to sell out. I know that for a fact because we already got people really interested in it because I've hinted at it before, but it's something that we are going to do coming up later this year, probably in the fall. So anyway, with that being said... um, I just, I just want to let you know, like, it's something I'm passionate about is teaching and helping other people because my next goal in life is to continue to make content, something I'm always going to do. But my next goal in life is to be able to teach dog trainers how to go out and then scale themselves because then I'll be able to scale times 10 because me teaching dog owners is great. But then if I can teach other people how to capture and cultivate their own audience, then I'll be able to maximize my reach. And maximize helping dogs which is the most important thing to me so anyway um i hope that this helped in the future we're going to do more um if you guys don't know of course join the official no bed dog members club you guys are going to get first access to everything that i ever put out plus discounts to the courses that we have coming up as well as the uh, intensive dog training school that we're going to be creating at my facility which i'm really excited about um, if you can't tell so make sure you guys Go join the club if you want access to that in the first. And, of course, follow me on Instagram for all the updated things. Link in the description below as well for the Forrest Mickey and Tom Davis seminar. We have um, working spots are sold out, but we have audit spots to come watch me and Forrest do our thing uh, for the weekend, which is going to be very exciting. So anyway, you guys, I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it inspires anybody out there that is in need of help and um I appreciate you guys listening and I hope that you learned something from this and I hope that it hit well with you and it didn't, I hope it came off in a very helpful way. I wasn't trying to, anyway. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Oh, wait, I got to answer your questions. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. Sorry. All right, let's answer the questions here. Um, My assistant is out right now helping lola hopefully she's probably okay all right um all right so I am going to go to Lisa Love Scout. My life has been changed. Positive treat only with a healer mix has created a four and a half year old monster. I have watched many hours of your videos and listened to your podcast and it's really all so simple. That's difficult to believe, but it's true. We started over. The problem was me not being confident and taking control. It's not perfect by any means, but I know I now feel confident empowered that I can do this. Thank you. I'm using a tug as a reward for good behavior, but now he is keyed up about the tug and barking and whining when he is being, when he was about being reactive. I'm thrilled that he isn't reactive, but now how do I stop the tug obsession? Um, One mistake a lot of people make is they will actually, um, they'll take the tug and they'll hide it. Do not hide the tug. Don't hold it up. Don't hold it behind your back. Keep it neutral. Keep it at your side. Let the dog know that they don't get that tug until they do the right thing. The moment you hide it, pull it up, hold it up by your head, pull it behind your back, it becomes a game. That's why they're barking and whining and obsessing over it because you're hiding it from them. Dogs love that. That's why they're attacking the tug in the first place. They're trying to kill prey. Don't make it any more prey. Kill it. Put it on your side. Put it in your pocket, out of sight, out of mind, and neutralize the tug. It's a great um, question. Wish we started with you, jpass725. I'm glad we found you when we did. Love your show and all the YouTube content. Um, I wish we found you at the beginning. We had a five-month-old working line German Shepherd, and she's got great temperament and is very social and friendly. She is also confident and stubborn. She knows her basics, but when she is amped up and will not listen for shit, and then she is hyper, nips, and mouths constantly. We night... Naively began with a positive only trainer who has redirected her nipping and mouthiness to chew toys and tugs, and then we tried working with her exercise or training mental stimulation. Then we tried removing detention from her and giving her a timeout. Then, after leaving the trainer, we tried leash corrections without a prong, and I've even tried holding the scruff and saying no with a firm voice. None of those was deterring her from mouthing, especially towards me and the kids. I know she's teething, and I'm losing and losing lots of teeth, but I'm concerned about this will continue through adulthood. Um, I would just start with a slip. So you're halfway there. Um, You realize that rewarding the behavior and redirecting it isn't going to help assertively, um, which makes sense. So don't avoid the situation. I would just get a slip or I would get a plastic pinch collar um, to start off with, which is a star mark plastic pinch training collar. Um, And I would just be doing the same thing that you're doing with the leash, except just do it with, um, Do it with a different color that has action. So, cool. Tom is changing lives. Just time. Hi, Tom. This podcast has helped me build clarity and consistency with my two-year-old mutt that I've had for three months, and I'm so grateful. The question is, is I've been to multiple 10-minute training sessions with my dog daily, and he seems to learn new commands fairly quickly. How do I know when I'm ready to move on to new command? How many commands should I be working with within a given week? In other words, should I work with the command until he masters it or move on to the next command? Um, it's a good question. I think the answer is, is once your dog is able to do the behaviors in a realistic manner, so outside in reality, I think that that's, I would pick three behaviors, work on them every day. And once you know that you've mastered them by working outside, then that's when you can start to move on to new behaviors. But you want to make sure that you, you build it up from the ground up inside to kind of medium distraction to then higher distraction with the, um, outside work. And I hope that that helps. All right, I'll answer three more when I come back next week. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you a lot. I. will talk to you next time.
0: Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments, and it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.